Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get rid of your credit card debt, get a lower monthly payment, and skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to save thousands with SaveWithConrad.com. Find out how much money you can save right now at SaveWithConrad.com. How's it going, everyone? It's time for another edition of Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff, presented to you by the Ad-Free Shows and Podcast Heat Networks. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the man of the hour, Mr. Eric Bischoff. Easy E, how we doing this week, my friend? We're doing good. Busy as hell. Like a man in an ass kicking contest, as they say, but uh, that's how good, brother. I love it. I see you are on your way to the UK coming up. Is that true? Yeah, got a. Uh, I think it's a five city tour in the UK. We're going to be in Ireland and Scotland and UK, and looking forward to that. Well, we are rocking and rolling here on ad free shows. We got a bunch of people in here. We got Coach Rosie in here saying, "What's up, fellas?" Uh, your boy, Jimmy Sorts, this is happy early birthday to one of the greatest men I've ever had the privilege and honor to know, Mr. Eric Bischoff, who still has the most iconic hair ever. Well, that's like for maybe a couple more weeks, right, Eric? Man, I had to break the news to my wife this morning. We're sitting in a sauna together and uh, just chatting. And I said, uh, by the way, hon, um, <laughs> looks like I might be getting my head shaved down in Huntsville. And she looked at me like, what in the hell are you talking about? And I... I said, look, I made a bet. Looks like I may lose it. Um, it is what it is, but I'm a man of my word. And if I, if I lose that bet, because a lot of things can happen between now and then, um, yeah, I'll be getting my head shaved, but I'm going to, we're going to shoot it. We're going to tape it and, uh, we'll see it live on or not live, but we'll see it all exclusively on 83 weeks. And I'm sure we'll do a replay here just to make you happy. <laughs> I did show the first pitch that you threw because we had to make sure everyone saw it. So I, I think yeah, I, you're a dick. That's why. <laughs> uh, that's what seems to be the consensus among the strictly business faithful out there, which of course you get strictly business every single week by being subscribed to the 83 weeks channel, 83 weeks.com, wherever you get your podcast and strictly business gets uploaded every single week we got a plan here just like our pals at impira who you're going to be hearing about in just a little bit uh, we're not going to talk really about the cm punk stuff on this week's episode i feel like we've talked about that enough to death but yeah uh, goodness i i mean the announcement was made collision going to chicago so all things not looking too promising there for you eric bischoff do you like the promotional strategy though of not necessarily announcing someone and kind of leaving that speculation to sell the tickets? Well, I don't think there's any speculation. I think it's been, it's pretty clear to the AEW faithful that uh, punk is going to arrive. And unless there's, you know, something happens between now and then, I don't think there's any or any speculation about it, but uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to promote something if you're not sure <laughs> it's ever going to happen, which has been the case until recently. So I, I don't think it's going to hurt anything. You know, I think uh, oftentimes curiosity could be a very uh, anticipation 
speculation, whatever you want to call it, can be a pretty valuable tool. So I, I don't think this uh, confusion or the circumstances are going to hurt anything. Uh, and, and it may help a little bit. They did that when he debuted, where they sold out the United Center without even promising him there was no... I thought we weren't going to talk about this dipshit. Well, no, we're not talking about punk. We're not talking about punk. I'm turning this into a conversation about promotional strategy. (laughs) I promise you that. Get Uh, to it. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the idea of not fully plugging your big attractions and, and leaning into speculation, but not actually airing a vignette or not putting it in the fine writing that, hey, this person is going to be there. Is that a strategy that you ever found yourself diving into? Or were you of the traditional mindset, advertise everyone that's going to be there? That's what No, I was the opposite. I, I, I very much, Nitro Success was built in large part, not, not exclusively, but was built on the idea that you create this feeling within the audience that you have to tune in to see what's going to happen. Now you have to deliver on that. And I'm sure that AEW will uh, in this regard. But if you consistently condition your audience that you're tuning in to be a part of the show, you're not tuning in to say, see a match or a series of matches. You're tuning in because this is a fucking great show and you won't want to miss it because things happen that are, are going to be unexpected or that are going to be shocking. You know, that that's how you should promote wrestling. I was firmly against the traditional strategy of, you know, Jim Ross was great at this. I I didn't agree with the strategy, but Jim was great at it is when he would do play by play, he's plugging all kinds of things that are going to be happening next week, um, matches and so forth. Um, I, I never, I, I, I I didn't subscribe to that strategy. I, I felt the opposite. I wanted people to tune into nitro because nitro is hot not because there was a specific match that was hot. It does feel a little passe and and old school to kind of throw everything out there. And I don't like that as an excuse when people say, "Uh, well, you're, you're not promoting so-and-so and and that's why the tickets aren't selling. I, I feel like we're in an era, Eric, where the event and the brand is what sells people buy tickets to a WWE event because they're buying the experience. They're not just buying to see Cody Rhodes or the new day or Becky Lynch. It's that brand experience. Uh, Do you agree with that at all? And how that mentality may have shifted over the years? No, I, I, it's what I just said. It's, I wanted nitro, the brand to be why I used to tell everybody in, in WCW production, marketing, talent, you know, I want Nitro to be the party everybody wants to come to. You don't have to know what kind of food they're serving at the party. They're just going to come to the party. And that's exactly what WWE has done. WWE, I think, very um, meticulously over the last 10 or 15 years has made the WWE bigger than any of the talents on the show. Mm-hmm. It's the WWE, as you point, you did a really great job. It's the experience, being a part of that experience. And I, I think that's, ex- look at AEW. Look at the success they had over in the UK. I think there's a lot of matches being promoted. Not- there's a chance to be a part of the party. And it worked. And, and I think people should think about that and and kind of break it down a little bit and figure out ways to continue to build upon that strategy as opposed to coming up next week, next week, Luchasaurus against jungle boy, whatever. Who cares? But if the audience knows or, or anybody in WWE, same is true there, by the way, I'm not picking on anybody here, but when you've convinced the audience because you've done a great job of creating that experience and that the subconscious need to be a part of it because you don't want to read about it. You want to experience it live. And that's the magic. That's what should drive television. It should be episodic in nature. Yes. But you, you should want to tune in to see what, if anything is going to happen based on what happened this week, that's called episodic television. That's the way it should be promoted. 
What do you think of Las Vegas as a city for running pro wrestling? And, you know, it's in the past, it's been a mecca for boxing. And over the years, it's become a hot spot for MMA and wrestling. Uh, like last year, they ran double or nothing at T-Mobile. I, I remember the crowd being a little tepid at times, but uh, historically, it's a, a big event area. And we see pro sports teams now investing more time than ever. Any context you can give us to running Las Vegas from your experience there? Just one of the reasons I put what I felt was our most important pay-per-view of the year in Las Vegas. It's a great market. You know, we'd sell out the MGM Grand in minutes. Um, not only is there a strong local permanent fan base in and around Las Vegas, more so now than probably ever, because the population has increased so much, so many people are moving there to live there full time. But then you've also got you know a new population of people looking for things to do that come in usually every Thursday afternoon and look for something to do all weekend. You know, on one hand, it's a little Vegas is tough because there's so much to do, right? Whatever it is you're into, you know, if you want to go see Cirque du Soleil or whatever, there is so much going on in Las Vegas that you are competing for attention clearly, but you've got such a big population of transient fans coming in and out of Vegas and you've got a, very solid base of, you know, uh, home fans, resident fans in Las Vegas. And it's, I think it's an ideal market. You do run the risk of people deciding, I'm just going to go check out this wrestling thing that may not be, you know, weekly viewers and they're not going to be as emotionally invested in what's going on, but they're still there. And if you put on a good show, you'll suck them in. You'll get them, you'll get them, you'll get them screaming and yelling eventually. Uh, but I, I, I think Las Vegas is a great, you know, when, when Brian Badal and I and Steve Greenberg were going to relaunch WCW, there was a reason why we wanted Las Vegas to be our home base for Nitro. We were going to produce Nitro there every single week for the very same reasons that we're talking about here. Yeah, and I think any time that you run a destination city to like Las Vegas, you open yourself up to attracting some of those people that you were alluding to that maybe they're not the traditional pro wrestling fan, but uh, they'll help you fill some seats. And uh, right now, as things are standing, as of this moment in time, the pay-per-view is not tracking to outsell last year's, uh, but still should be a pretty good house there. I found, and this is just something I want to bring up, because I, I can't believe that we exist in this society right now, especially in the social media climate where there's just so much tribalism, Eric, like, like fan tribalism of if you like WWE, you can't like AEW. If you like AEW, you can't like WWE, you can't like WWE. And if you hate WWE, well, then you just have to talk about hating WWE. I, I can't stand that stuff. And I was on social media today and I saw someone tweeted this and uh, there were flyers put up at a restaurant. This is at a restaurant in Las Vegas, claiming that they were giving away free tickets to double or nothing with the purchase of a regularly priced hamburger and fries. And I said to myself, there is no way that this is an actual real promotion being run by AEW. So I did. How do you know that? Well, so I, I, I checked up, I made some phone calls and it was adamantly denied to me that this was an AEW affiliated promotion uh, if it's real at all. Uh, then we made some messages shot to the restaurant where this allegedly took place, Pub 365 there, and they denied that this was real as well. Well, good for you. That's uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad somebody dug into it and found out what was true or not true. Debunking, it, Eric. Huh? It's debunking. Misinformation. Debunking. Well, good misinformation. Good. Very good debunkage on your part. <laughs> so, but I want to bring this up, though, because it just blew my mind that someone went out of their way to write up a fake flyer, go to a restaurant and put it up on the different postings at the restaurant, throw it to social media and be like, ha ha, AW in the mud, not able to sell enough tickets. Look at this. It blows my mind. And I just think that that has become one of the most unhealthy elements of the wrestling business is that tribalistic mentality among fans. I was just curious if you had any. Do you think this is new, John? 
I don't think it's new, but I think with social media, that has become much more vocal. And as a result, it becomes amplified more. How did you combat that or deal with that from your experience? Well, the same was very true. There was just, there was no less tribalism between WCW fans and WWE fans. In fact, you could argue because WCW started out as, for the most part, its strength was in the southeastern part of the United States, even though it was national cable television and TBS and all that. For the most part, the, the densest portion of the audience, a population of the audience, was in the southeast. And when Nitro came along in prime time and we started going head to head, for a large part of the audience, it was like, what's a WCW? Mm-hmm. What the hell? And because of the nature of the things that I was doing, giving away their finishes and all that, the, the other crazy stuff I did, there was, because WWE had such a loyal fan base to this day on a regular basis when I do a autograph signing or go to a convention or whatever, and I'm talking to fans and it's like, oh, I hated you. So I hated WCW so much. I was WWE, you know, all the way through. I couldn't stand you or WCW. And then I kind of fell in love with it. (laughs) Same thing existed, but to your point, we didn't have social media. And I, you know, I think like when I first saw that, I I thought of a couple different things. Um, It it seemed unlikely to me that that was an AEW initiative just because it looks so cheap and cheesy and Tony's got money. He knows how to promote stuff. But I thought, well, maybe if it wasn't AEW directly, perhaps, and this could still be the case, I, I, it, there's a chance it could be true. But if WWE, or excuse me, if AEW, for example, hired a street team, mm. or if they're working with a third-party promoter, um, that could have been them. Of course, if the if the restaurant didn't know anything about it, then it's definitely not true. But you know, there could be a third party doing things like this. I guess that's a possibility. But I think it's even a bigger possibility, and probably ninety nine percent accurate, based on the debunkage that you you were able to to uh, to provide us, that it was probably just some jackass kid that decided he wanted to get some traction for his, he wanted to get some likes and wanted to get some attention for his social media post, And that seems to be what drives people more than anything is getting attention. We have an entire country that's starving for attention. And a stunt like this is a cheap, easy way to get it. That's probably what it was. I guess I just don't understand why you would hate watch something or hate pay attention to something if you have so much disdain for aw or you have so much disdain for wwe why waste that energy talking about it why because you need attention you want people to pay attention to you you have a deep-seated need almost clinical to feel important because otherwise in the course of your normal life you're just a dweeb (laughs) <laughs> and you really don't have anything going on in your life. You live in a town of Las Vegas and you're just a little nudge. It doesn't have anything going on in life, but you can get a reaction from people by hating publicly. Yeah. yeah. And I would venture to say that whoever did this doesn't have a disdain for AEW or when you see something similar, you know, done to wwe they're just people that are crying and desperate for attention yeah i don't know man i feel like look weak people do stupid shit it's true right and this is obviously a socially awkward like i said dweeb that otherwise doesn't really get any attention and by doing something cheesy as this they get it I guess I just struggle to wrap my head around why someone would invest that much energy into something. But you're thinking too much about it. I guess I am. Don't overthink it, brother. For the record, for the record, to provide context on what you said earlier, 
back when young John Boy was a little kid and he was a diehard WWF fan. He wasn't watching WCW, but one day I was at a friend's house and he had like a WCW. It was some sort of like bed frame or something attached to his bedroom furniture. And I said, you like the wrong federation. So I remember that so distinctly. Guilty of it as well. I was so guilty of it, young me, that tribalism. Then why, then why is it so perplexing to you if you've experienced it yourself? Well, because I was six years old, so I thought that maybe maybe some people had grown up. Uh, this Jagoff that, that posted this is probably mentally and emotionally not much he, older than that. That's a fair point. Oh, he could use someone holding him accountable, so maybe he should sign up for our friends over at Impira, Eric Bischoff, because Impira is one of the best tools for holding yourself and any of your employees accountable when you're launching your business plan, making it faster and with less effort than ever before. Head on over to Empira.com, E-M-P-I-R-A-A.com forward slash Eric and use that code WrestleBiz, W-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-I-Z to get 14 days free and 20% off your subscription with Empira. That's just by going to Empira.com forward slash Eric and using code WrestleBiz. Eric and I have been signed up with Impira for a couple months now, and the process of getting signed up was just so freaking easy with some of the best support that I've ever experienced on the customer support end. What say you, Eric Bischoff? I think Impira uh, is possibly one of the most valuable and important tools that is available to entrepreneurs or small, mid-sized, even large businesses uh, today. It's a way you can track your progress. You can, stay, you can stay on top of all of the important parts of your business pillars, as they refer to it in Pira. Um, you can not only keep track of it, you can manage it, you can adjust. Oftentimes you have to adjust. You know, cost of goods changes, uh, marketing, promotion, you know, volume of traffic, all of the thing, labor costs, all of the things that, determine whether a business succeeds or fails, uh, all have variables that you need to pay attention to every single day. And Empire is a great tool that allows you to do that. It's affordable, less than two cups of coffee, you know, a month to be able to help manage your business and communicate a lot of the things that is important to different parts of your business, no matter how big or small you are. Uh, it, it's a great tool. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. And Empire has gone global. They have opened up offices right here in the United States. And I think that has been one of the most valuable tools for me. If I want to get in contact with someone, if I need support, hey, something on my dashboard, I don't understand it. Hey, can you explain to me how to do this? Impira is there with round-the-clock support. It's very personal, too. They'll hop on the phone with you. They'll hop on chat with you. I think any organization that personalizes that experience makes me feel like I am part of that experience with them. And it makes me feel good about signing up for it. So again, that's Empira.com, E-M-P-I-R-A-A.com forward slash Eric. And use that code WrestleBiz, W-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-I-Z to get 14 days free and 20% off your overall subscription. We really appreciate Empira teaming up with us here at Strictly Business. And we hope that you'll choose to team up with our friends over at Impira as well. Hey guys, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. An all new edition of The Insiders is here. Conrad sits down with author and historian Keith Elliott Greenberg to look back on his time with the WWF during the golden era of wrestling. You know, I wasn't working for, you know, the JCP magazine or I wasn't working for Vern Gagne's magazine as, you know, everything was imploding. I was working for Vincent Kennedy McMahon and I was watching the, uh, the company expand and I was watching talent I've been reading about in the other wrestling magazines arrive on the scene. Ad-Free Show's members recently chatted one-on-one -on -one with the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley, for the first edition of Ask Mick Live. Is there a particular place that you get the Foley flannel? Uh, yeah, I do. I go on Amazon and I type in Buffalo plaid. Um, Buffalo plaid is the one that has the, like the even square checks. 
and I order them. They run small, so I order <laughs> I order the 5X. Uh, yeah, and I've got, uh, if, if anyone's been watching Most Wanted Treasures, you'll see that I'm literally getting by entire season with three long sleeve flannel shirts, a cutoff flannel shirt, and about five different t-shirts. And that's pretty much it, brother. That's just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from. Four. See for yourself why Ad Three Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. Yeah. Looking for a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget. And it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You say Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a one-of-a-kind, beautiful, hand-painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame. And you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at PaintYourLife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word WEEKS to 87204. That's WEEKS to 87204. Text WEEKS to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay, Eric Bischoff, you took a lot of pride in being the guy to call it that WWE was going to be purchased by Endeavor. It was a big, bold prediction from you. And I would like to get some bold predictions from you now because we have a little bit of movement on the news as far as WWE's TV rights are concerned. They are in the negotiating window with various different uh, potential suitors here. Nick Khan did a couple interviews this past week, including as he was a guest at the JP Morgan Global Technology Media and Communications Conference. And I wanted to tee you up on a couple of those things, and we'll, we'll try to draw out the long-term plan here. Uh, there was one thing that he said that was very fascinating, and he said that WWE was open to moving SmackDown to a three-hour show or maneuver it on any other night of the week as well. If a partner came along that was asking for that, uh, he mentioned that Fox no longer had the exclusive negotiation right window open for SmackDown. So SmackDown is currently on the open market in that regard, whereas Raw is still in the negotiation window with NBC Universal. Uh, I'd like to throw you the bone on that one, Eric. Let's talk about potential expansion of SmackDown first. Uh, other properties that could be interested in it. What's your general take on that as someone who was there at the very start of this Fox partnership? Um, part of me is a little surprised because that Fox relationship was like the crowning jewel for WWE. You know, to, to get on a broadcast network in prime time was always a goal. And one that I, I think a lot of people believed would never really, you know, you could do specials. That's not new, but you know, a weekly primetime broadcast, especially on Fox, one of the, one of the better um, outlets out there, networks out there. Uh, so I'm a little bit surprised, but you know, you're talking about one of the most savvy, experienced and sophisticated negotiators out there in Nikon. This is a guy that has negotiated so many massive deals that this is the art of the negotiation, I believe. Um, they didn't see a number, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm not there. 
and I didn't see anything that Nick had to say, but one can only assume that they just didn't get a number or deal that made WWE go, hey, there's no reason to keep knocking on doors. Or in this case, probably allowing other people to knock on their door. Now, in terms of where it could go and what night it could go on, I mean, only God knows that one. I mean, there's there's massive opportunities out there. There's some major streamers, other networks. Who knows? I would say that any other night of the week than Friday night might be an interesting opportunity because Friday nights, for all the reasons I've talked about, Saturday nights is typically not the best night of the week to have a show that primarily targets 18 to 49 year olds. So arguably there may be a better day part with another distributor, whether it be streaming network or otherwise. Uh, but who knows, man, it's just, it's too hard to say because strategy plays into it so much. It's really about which outlet, whether it's Amazon or Fox or NBC or Viacom. Viacom's been interested in WWE. I'm not going to say any more than that. And by the way, yeah, so you mean Paramount by that? Paramount. Paramount. Uh, by the way, so was Warner Discovery in WWE. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. And it all depends on what, what's the strategy for those outlets. Let's, let's just I'll, I'll pick, let's pick Paramount. Paramount's done a great job, by the way, of turning their programming and their content into business units. Right? You look at Yellowstone that spun off 1883. You know, what has there been? Three spin-offs? Yes, Yellowstone. Beyond the obvious spin-offs in the business that's been created, look at the licensing and merchandising that's been created by the success of Yellowstone. It's a licensing and merchandising machine. Name another television show out there that has the extent of licensing and merchandising that, for example, Yellowstone has. I, I can't think of one. Maybe there is, but if there is, I don't know it. Um, look at the product placement. We all know the commercials that we see when we watch a show like Yellowstone. But pay close attention to the show and look at the product placement and product integration that goes along with it. That's a massive business model. So I can see a company, a, a studio like Paramount looking at WWE and going, hmm, yeah, we'd like to play with them. It just depends. And there's so many, there's way too much none of us know to do an adequate job predicting anything. I liked what Khan mentioned about the flexibility of WWE programming, where the reality is they could put any of their shows on any night of the week without really disrupting any of their typical business flow. You could move SmackDown as it has been. SmackDown has been on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It is maneuverable in that sense. I don't see them moving Monday Night Raw as the institution that it is, but they have that flexibility should they want to. He also mentioned, in addition to the potential expansion of programming in SmackDown going to three hours, that they have done a lot of looking into that third hour of Monday Night Raw and perhaps targeting, targeting it more towards an 18 to 49 demographics, specifically that 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock hour. What do you think of that strategy? I feel like that's something that WWE has attempted to do in the past and has kind of gotten cold feet on that. And what do you think could be done in order to attract an, a more mature audience in that hour time slot? Well, we know it needs to be done, right? It just needs to be a little more salacious. It's not a secret. Sex sells. Always has, always will. It worked for Monday Night Raw. One of the things that Vince had to do to compete with Nitro is to embrace the, the, the controversial elements of, of sexuality and in the storylines and characters and all of that. 
you know, that's, that's what's going to work. It's not, you're not going to get there with just blood and violence. That's not going to get you to the dance. But if you can embrace a more mature presentation, that's being very kind and elegant. But if you can embrace in that third hour, you get a little more salacious than you're able to get in the first and second hour. That'll work in one respect. But you still, here's why I think it goes back and forth and it, it becomes complicated is because there are some advertisers and maybe maybe the reason they're just occurred to me. Maybe the reason that WWE is more willing to explore that idea is because I think advertisers in general have become less rigid in terms of what they feel comfortable in. As the audience becomes more and more fragmented, as it becomes harder and harder to reach your target audience, you become less rigid in what you feel comfortable advertising in. Previously, I think because of the nature of the product, for example, you've never seen a beer sponsor in professional wrestling. Despite the fact that there should be, you've never seen a beer advertiser in professional wrestling, at least not on a national level, maybe on local TV, but not on a national level. And the reason for that is historically, and, and even to this day, there is a significant enough of a portion of people under the age of 21 or teens and preteens that still make up a big part of the overall composition of the WWE audience that someone in that category, alcohol, for example, beer and alcohol, um, just no, if you're, we're not going into wrestling. I think now because it's so much harder to reach your demo, you're not as nervous about that as you used to be. So I think the, the, the parameters have changed. Possibly. We don't know that for sure, but I think it makes sense. Um, that could be it. But you also run the risk of, yeah, you're going to get a bigger audience because you will. If it's done well, you will. That third hour could be the hottest hour of the, of, of the three, possibly. But does it have a negative impact on on some of your core advertisers who don't feel comfortable being associated with a brand that is willing to kind of expand and, 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 and drop the guardrails as it relates to some of the more provocative elements that we've seen in the past. Don't know, but that's probably the reason why there's been a back and forth because yeah, let's tip it our water. Let's get a little more provocative. Let's lean into the sexuality of it all. Let's, let's be more adultish right? You see it in other forms of programming. You know, sex scenes today in dramatic television are things that you would have never seen 15 years ago. Right. Advertisers have become comfortable with that. It's happened slowly over time. And the same could be true now in wrestling, or you could have a substantial number of advertisers that go, no, no if you're going in that direction, I'm, I'm out which is, I think, one of the reasons why we went from the Attitude Era and all the gratuitous, provocative stuff that we saw that got Monday Night Raw back in the game, frankly, uh, and then they backed off of it when they were able to because by doing by backing off of it, you're able to attract a larger pool of advertisers. So it's, it's always going to be a delicate balancing act. I also think with how premium content, the HBOs, stars, et cetera, high-end streaming services, how they have embraced some of that more edgy programming as stuff that they will put on their air as premium content. I'm curious if that is something that has changed how adopting that would be looked at in pro wrestling, hypothetically, if it went in that. Would it still be looked at as lowbrow? Or would it be looked at instead as following industry trend with the top tier heavy hitters of them embracing content like that. I, I, it's subjective. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think there's a, there's, there's a blanket answer to that. Um, again, I think the risk with wrestling is because wrestling has for so long marketed so heavily to children, teens, preteens that you run the risk of backlash. You know, dramatic series, dramatic television is not targeted towards kids. Wrestling still is. 
you know, make a wish. All, look at all of the, the outside of the ring initiatives that we see coming from WWE and to an extent with AEW. It's kind of hard to do that and distribute the kind of provocative uh, content that we're talking about here at the same time. It's, it's a weird balancing act. It's very, very difficult. Khan also referenced that once this TV rights situation is figured out, that uh, they could be adding more shows, additional shows that they would look at specific nights of the week for that. And he referenced as well that some of that new content could be more adult themed to satisfy the audience that is looking for it. He also mentioned that the goal is for every premium live event to have a state subsidy fee like Cardiff, Wales, with Clash at the Castle or Backlash in Puerto Rico. I don't know about you, Eric, but I very much see in the next year WWE holding uh, even more international events as premium live events. I wouldn't be surprised if half of the premium live events schedule is built on overseas events or destination events where you have that subsidy fee, something along that nature. That seems to be some big, big brain thinking from the likes of Nick Khan and that upper entity there. What do you make of that? I, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it's big thinking. It's a, it's a big strategic shift. Um, I, I like the idea going back just a little bit, uh, what you said, uh, or what you referred to in some of Nick Khan's comments that he'd be willing to create new content specifically for, that audience that wants something a little edgier and a little less safe, not quite so family friendly. I think that's a better strategy, honestly, than adding a third hour, because when you're doing it, you start out and you're family friendly, right? You're okay. It's still got a little bit of an edge. It is what it is. It's people beating the hell out of each other in a fun, exciting and colorful way, but it is what it is. But once you step into that, salacious zone, the provocative zone um, on the same broadcast, that's where I think you could run into a conflict with in-show advertisers. Whereas if you've got another night and that entirely sh show has its own list of potential advertisers and you're not catering to the same advertising audience, the same advertising community, um, you don't run that same risk of offending your, your core advertisers by having a night exclusively for that type of content, because then your advertisers who are not comfortable with that, they don't have to advertise in that show where the advertisers who are okay with that have something just for them. I think that's a really smart strategy and less risky in some respects than creating a third hour where you're pretty family friendly for the first two, then we're going to do tits and ass in the third hour. Eh, that's, that's challenging. It's an additional, an additional hour or two. That's nothing but a more adult themed content. Absolutely. It's a smart move. And plus where that is distributed plays into it too. He mentioned Amazon specifically as a potential partner because they have night oriented programming and, I could totally see maybe a streaming service being more willing to hop into bed on more edgy content. I mean, look at the bottom line is Eric, at the end of the day, yeah, those, those thirsty 18 to 49 year olds, they got to eat, right? Like that's, that's the bottom line. They, they got to eat and we want to help you eat here on strictly business with our friends over at factor. I am all about factor, especially as we get into the, Summer months here. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit that can help fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. I know, Eric, in the summer, I like driving around. I love road trips in the summer. I like going state to state. I love doing beach trips. And when you're doing that, you just don't really have the time to cook all that much. Thankfully, with Factor, I can customize my meal plan Get them delivered to me. They're never frozen. I pop them in the microwave for two minutes, and they are ready to go, and they are absolutely delicious. How can Factor help you out as we approach the summer season here, Eric? Well, put me on camera. Stand by.
Here is the package. Look at that. That my factor came in last week. What, what day is today's Friday? I got home Tuesday evening. Uh, Mrs. B and I and a friend, um, Amanda, the young lady who I walked down the aisle, if you remember, um, she's been become kind of a family friend. And in talking to Amanda, I'm going to tell you a little story here about Factor. All right. True story. I spoke to Amanda a couple of weeks ago, just casual conversation. And she's got a 12 year old son. And she was telling me about her, her boyfriend and her son and what they were doing. And I said, Hey, cause when kids come out to Wyoming, you get a 12 year old kid coming out to Wyoming it can have a really big and positive impression on them, especially for kids that have never been out West before. It's kind of cool, right? Between taking them up into Yellowstone and seeing elk and buffalo in the wild and experiencing the rodeo and just the Western culture can sometimes riding horses and all that kind of stuff can have a real positive impact on a, on a kid that has never experienced that. And I like when I have friends or family that have young kids, I like them to come out here and bring their kids. And I like to expose kids to that because it, it had a big impression on me when I was younger. So I'm just, you know, casual conversation. Hey, you know, Amanda, if you ever, you know, want to bring a kid up here and hang out and bring your boyfriend up here, whatever, come on, you know, it's a great place for the kid for the summer. Well, as it turned out, her son couldn't leave and her boyfriend was working. So Amanda came up to kind of hang out and she wanted to spend time with Lori because Lori's kind of coached her through some stuff. And anyway, long story short. So Amanda comes up and or on the phone before she got here, she says, Eric, I got to tell you that, you know, as you may recall, both her parents are deceased, mm-hmm. which is why I ended up walking her down the aisle in the first place, how we got to know each other. And she had their ashes and she said, Eric, my, my parents ashes, excuse me, my parents wish was to someday have their ashes spread in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Wow. She didn't know where in the Black Hills, just the Black Hills. Well, the Black Hills is kind of a big area. So I said, absolutely. While you're here, because it's a seven-hour drive, I said, while you're here, we'll head out to Deadwood, South Dakota, because Deadwood's a really cool town, a lot of history. And I know some really great places in and around Deadwood, because I've spent a lot of time on my Harley driving around there, Spearfish Canyon and all that. So I, I know some beautiful places. So we'll go. We went and we spent about four or five days in three or four days in Deadwood, South Dakota, spreading her parents' ashes and just hanging out and visiting some of the cool things around Deadwood. Drop Amanda off at the airport Tuesday afternoon. Now we'd been gone for four or five days, hadn't been shopping, didn't have anything prepared. We pull up into the driveway and there's a box of factor sitting right at the doorstep. It had just been delivered. And we had nothing to eat. I didn't feel like going out and eating out again because I was just tired of eating out. So we opened a box of Factor. And lo and behold, the first thing I grabbed was a turkey and chili. You can't see it here because of the lighting. Turkey and chili zucchini. Zucchini. Uh, And it's chili. Turkey chili with zucchini. With ancho lime crema. Ooh. It is a keto-friendly, keto-friendly package because when I ordered Factor, I had the option of the kind of dietary food that I was looking for, and I've been on a keto diet now for a long time. So I chose the keto option, and lo and behold, that's what I got. I'm going to be honest. I was, I don't want to say skeptical or cynical, but I have tried other products like this in the past and have been less than impressed. Now I am a food snob. I will admit that. So is my wife. We love to cook. We love to eat and we love really, really good food, but I was freaking starving and I didn't feel like going out and I wasn't going to eat pickles for dinner. So <laughs> I reached in and say, hey, Mrs. B, would you, I don't call her Mrs. B. I call her Lloyd, but I said, Hey Lord, do you mind? Let's give this a shot. Perfect time. Again, low expectations. Not low, but manage them. She made it, and it was done in like 12 minutes or whatever it was. And I cautiously, ever so cautiously, approached this dish. 
I put it on my plate. And the first thing I noticed was it smelled great. Now, part of that might have been because I was really freaking hungry. But still, somewhat hesitant. And I grabbed my fork. And I took a small portion of it because I wasn't fully committed because I was not expecting to be impressed. And I took that first bite and I went, whoa. Yeah. This is kind of awesome. So much flavor. And not only am I a food snob in general, but when it comes to chili, you've got to work really hard to get my attention because I am a god when it comes (laughs) to making chili. I make a smoked chicken chili that will blow your brains out. I make a white bean chicken chili. Mm -hmm that people leave my home with tears in their eyes over it's so good. So when it comes to chili, you really got to work to get me on board. And I took that first bite and I couldn't stop. I snarfed that stuff down. I didn't even look at the zucchini. Zucchini was sitting on another side of the, on the other side of my plate. I didn't even look at it because I was way too focused on my turkey chili from Factor. And it was awesome. And I thought, oh, my God, I ate that so fast. I'm still a little bit hungry. Ooh, I still got that zucchini. Now, typically, I'm not a big zucchini fan. I don't hate it. I don't think about it. I thought, well, I should try the zucchini. I love zucchini now. There you go. It's really good food. It's healthy. You can get customized food like I did if you were on a keto diet. It's awesome. It's fast. It's convenient. It's when you really kind of put a a calculator to it, it really makes sense financially. And it's right there. And it gets delivered to your home. And if you're too busy because you're working, you're traveling like we were, whatever it is, especially in the summer, because everybody's busy in the summer, right? I can't recommend it highly enough. I was not BSing you when I said that I thought these meals were delicious when we talked about them last week. I really do believe that you're. And I hadn't. I and to be honest with you, I didn't comment because I hadn't tried it yet. But man, you were you were so right, dude. They are so freaking good. I had one of the uh, smoothies before we went on air here because the smoothies are great. There's no sugar in them. They're fantastic. And now for the summer, you ready for this, Eric? I know you like to elevate your eating experience. Well, you can elevate your eating experience at home with Factor with their new upscale surf and turf, surf and surf meal options like roasted garlic, filet mignon, and shrimp, and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon. I know you're all about that. You bet your ass I'm all about that. And we want to help you here at Strictly Business. Head to factormeals.com slash WrestleBiz50, that's W-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-I-Z-5-0, and use code WrestleBiz50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code WrestleBiz50 at factormeals.com slash WrestleBiz50 to get 50% off your first box. And I mean it when I say we thank Factor for partnering up with us here on Strictly Business. Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment. And they're now offering a free seven-day trial at TryFight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule, over a 1,000 hours of live action every year, and a library of more than 4,000 hours on demand, plus exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Fight is a great partner of ours. They support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven-day trial a shot, and you'll be a member for life. That's TryFight.com. T-R-Y-F-I-T-E dot com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Last thing I want to tee you up on the WWE thing, and then we'll wrap here on Strictly Business, Eric, is the idea that Amazon was floated out there. And so many people say, oh, well, streaming is the future. Streaming is the future. 
is this make that make a prediction for me here is this the cycle where we see streaming services pick up a pro wrestling television program like raw or smackdown full-time or are we still one or two away from that i don't know i i I wish i did you know i i'm not in the business on a day-to-day basis so it's so hard for me to with any degree of credibility or honesty make a prediction like that because there's just too much we don't know i don't know here here's why i think it's possible if again look at wwe look at their pattern and I often rely on patterns when I make projections or predictions, or even when I form opinions, it's not based on any singular thing. It's generally based on patterns of behavior. And if you look at the pattern of WWE's behavior, one of the biggest moves that they made was stepping away from traditional pay-per-views and to help answer McMack's question here. Hey, Mick, how are you? Yes, I did hear about that fire. In fact, I heard about a fire that happened in Sydney, not far from the opera. I think it's called the Opera House, whatever it is. It was a big fire. And then uh, subsequently, McMack came up with a joke about fires, and it was pretty funny. Hey, did you hear about the, shoe, the fire in the shoe factory? 10,000 souls were lost, and the police said some heels started it. That's actually pretty good. I don't know if it was the same fire that I heard about this morning that happened in Sydney yesterday, but whatever. Um, But look at the pattern of WWE. One of the biggest strategic changes that they, they made in recent years was stepping away from traditional pay-per-view direct TV and all those and going to OTT and premium live events, where if you subscribe to the streaming platform, then you get those what used to be called pay-per-views because you only you were one and done. You bought that pay-per-view, you got the repeat, you're done. Whereas with the streaming platform and those what were pay-per-views are included in the package, you're no longer paying for a singular event. You're buying the platform and getting it as a premium experience. I hope that answered your question, Mike. Uh, but one of those, that, that was one of the biggest like strategic moves that occurred in the wrestling business in a long, 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 long time. And it paid off enormously, right? This is kind of the same situation. It's going to take a set of stones to say, we're willing to walk away from traditional cable because it provides such a broad reach because it's so universally available and we're willing to walk away from what has worked for us so for so long, built the entire business around it, and we're willing to embrace another platform, another type of platform that's subscription only, because in, a, in the future, we think that's the move. Just like Vince McMahon and company did when they left traditional pay-per-view and went into, came up with their own OTT, over-the-top platform. So the pattern that I've we've all seen, but I probably watch a little more closely than traditional average wrestling fans, the pattern that I see in the way WWE conducts their business or engages their strategy would not surprise me. It would be a big, bold, ballsy move. Can you think of any other description that fits WWE more aptly than big, bold, and ballsy? So it could happen. Yeah, and I think Nick Khan is kind of cut from that same cloth that Vince is in that regard in in very forward-thinkingness and trying to be ahead of the curve with something like that. I really think, Eric, the big domino is going to be what happens with Warner Brothers Discovery and this NBA television rights and then what the NBA chooses to do on the back end of that. I think that is going to be a gigantic gigantic uh, maneuver within the sports media industry. And that will... I don't disagree with you. I'm just curious. So I think, think the NBA is the single most valuable television property out there aside from the NFL. And the NFL is not going anywhere. The NFL is locked down with what they're doing for years to come. And the NBA is the closest thing that we'll see to that inside the NBA on Turner 
is the highest rated sports television studio show out there aside from sports center and I'm, in fact it probably beats sports center in its time slot just about every time they go head to head i would venture to guess um those nba rights are so valuable and the nba has been so embedded in sports culture especially at reaching 18 to 49 the nba probably does as well as anyone in 18 to 49 um so choosing how to tackle that warner brothers discovery i mean david zaslov even this past week was asked about that and said that we want to retain them but if we retain them it's going to look really different how we do that and i think that that will create a domino effect on how and i know wrestling's not a sport but those sports centric or sports oriented properties how those go about filling the space i really think that will be the first domino and people will either follow that trend or try to adapt to what that trend is. They'll react. They'll, they'll react to it. And that makes sense, John. That, that that analysis makes a great deal of sense to me. For someone that doesn't follow NBA, uh, clearly the business side of NBA for sure, um, and is kind of outside of the loop of day-to-day television rights um, dynamics, that, that explanation makes a great deal of sense. And how they react to it, I'm not sure. But if MB, if the NBA were to take games – exclusively to peacock or hey your thursday night game every week is exclusively on amazon that's something we're already seeing in sports leagues and maybe wwe has specific live events they produce for specific streaming networks a la carte hey yeah we have a streaming deal with peacock for our library but on saturday night may 27th you can watch Saturday night's main event exclusively on ESPN plus. Or you could have your more adult themed or or adult oriented content on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night. God, wouldn't that be wild? They decided to do something on Amazon on Wednesday nights. Oh my God. (laughs) Hey, could happen. That'd be funny. Good. So that's why I think we're still one right cycle away five years from now. I think that's when we'll see maybe one of these networks hop in and be like, yeah, let's put your programming on us full time. And maybe at that point, society will be adapted at that point. I still don't know if we're there yet as a society where we're ready to fully commit to watching a sports centric programming exclusively on a streaming platform. And I know that I don't know, man. I, I kind of, I I, 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 I don't know. I don't think it's going to take five years. And now that, you know, we're having this conversation, I know we're wrapping it up, but it's intriguing to me to think, you know, cause you're taking you know bits and pieces of information here and creating, you know, dot here, dot here, dot here, connect them all. Ooh, there's a picture lo and behold. But if, if Nick is, Nikon is open to, that adult themed, more salacious, provocative type of content that's going to appeal to an 18 to 49 year old. What better place to put it than on a subscription service, which is no different than HBO and some of the stuff that they used to do. The strategy is the same, but if they were to create an additional two hours of content on some other night of the week, other than a Monday or a Friday or wherever SmackDown ends up and placing that adult theme content, that takes the advertising issue out of the equation. Now you don't have to worry about offending your core advertisers for your more family oriented content. They don't care. Look at Disney. You know, Disney's got, well, Disney's changed a lot over the couple last few years, but Disney, you know, a, a Disney movie is going to be much different than what's the name of the, uh, the other, the Disney arm that produces the more adult themed action themed. Well, Pixar is the animated. They do a no, lot of. No, not Pixar. There is oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But Disney owns a studio that produces content that is more eighteen to forty-nine centric, right? Disney Studios doesn't produce it, but this other studio does. I'll think of the name. It's going to drive me fucking batshit crazy. If there's anybody listening to this that knows it, please tell me now because I'm not going to be able to get this out of my head until I figure it out. So it makes sense to me that someone who's interested in embracing that more adult-themed, adult-oriented content for 20th, 20th century? No, it's not, no, no. That, no it's not 20th okay. century. I'll think of it. All right. I'll post it. On, follow me on social Please media because as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to Google it so I can Good. put it up and get it out of my head. Shit like this will stick with me all day. <laughs> like if I don't get an answer to this, I'll be thinking about this at 11 o'clock tonight. Search light. No, no, no. Don't do that. Yeah. Just make it harder. 
Uh, it may even come to me before I get done babbling here. Okay. But it, it does make sense. And that would be really interesting. You know, what are you going to, if you're going to do that, you're going to pick a night where hopefully you can avoid, and it's hard to do between hockey and NBA yeah. and everything that baseball. I mean, how do you completely avoid sports competition? It's kind of hard to do, but that adult themed Amazon ish type of platform makes a tremendous amount of sense to me because then you're not going to piss off um, your core advertisers. Well, and at this point, WWE is a production company. That's what they are. They produce content and you can license that content out individually. Should they choose to, they have the rights to do that. And as they look to evolve here with this endeavor acquisition, who knows, man, the possibilities are really endless for them in that sense. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how they choose to license content out with this cycle coming up here. Uh, anything else you want to add here, Eric, as we do wrap up on strictly business? No, I just want to thank everybody for being here. I enjoyed doing this show with you. I enjoy engaging in conversation about the business of the wrestling business and not about the who shit and who's gym bag in the locker room back in 1992. Uh, yeah, no, I dig this. This is a lot of fun. And uh, I, I love your take on things and uh, can't wait till next week. Absolutely. Of course, if you want to be part of Strictly Business, Join us, advertisewitheric.com. Get your product, get your business, like Impira, for example, out in front of thousands and thousands of listeners and viewers every single week here. I love doing the show with you as well, Eric. Make sure you sign up. 83weeks.com is where you can find this podcast. And like and subscribe, too. Come on, people. We yeah. need to see this show. We're doing okay. We're not, we're, not, we're not burning it up the way I hoped we were, so we got to get the word out. We need you. You people listening right now, a lot of you that are with us every week here on Amphrey Shows Live, you need to help us get that word out, man. We're going to deputize each and every one of you. Get on social media. Tell everybody to like and subscribe Strictly Business because John and I both want to keep doing it. But hey, you know, we got to buy that peanut butter and jelly too. Come on now. 83weeks.com, adfreeshows.com. That's how you can get involved with Strictly Business. We very much appreciate your support. Eric Little Mitchell. Jimmy Sorsen. Touchstone Pictures. There you go. Yay, Jimmy. I knew somebody would come. I knew if we put this team on it, that we'd get an answer before Add we three shows, show. Jimmy, man. He knows. He knows. Jimmy knows. All right, hey, I got to run. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Best wishes. Thank you, brother. Great birthday. We'll see you next week right here on Strictly Business. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.